Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Nothing to do with the team. It's just you think if you get into a 14-team tournament and it's a one-and-done any given Sunday motif or situation, you just think they could randomly win a game. Is yes. what it sounds like. I it's, think yeah, it's, it's not more... a huge endorsement of what no. they're doing or who their quarterback is or anything like that. No. Yeah. Not at all. Uh but so but 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 by by saying that though, it's also a huge it's also a huge diss at the other two teams. Because it's 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 a backhanded compliment for the Steelers, which means it's like a real dig at how close you think the Penguins and Pirates are to winning playoff series. Yeah, I mean I I think those two teams I mean I guess I won't say the Pirates are a borderline playoff team. I mean, I would like to to think that they can take another step this year, but like the Penguins, for example, they're going to be a borderline playoff team. Can they win a couple of games in a said series? Yes. I don't I don't think right now they could win a seven game series. See, I think that the even though it's even though it's more games, I think there's more randomness with the hockey playoffs than football. Well, you definitely you just get you, a, you just get a that. hot goalie, or you're just the eighth seed, or whatever, the second wild card, and I think we we have a better like I I would answer this question, Penguins, and a lot of it would be because I think even for as much as they've struggled this year, they can turn it around in their last forty games, and they and still they, have Sydney, and Crosby. they still have one of the best players in the entire world. Yes. I mean, I would put I would put the Steelers and Penguins on a very very close to even level. And I wanted to think that the Pirates would do enough this offseason where I was nudging them either equal to or ahead of those other two teams. But this, this, this what what Jason said about the Chapman deal really bugs me, man. I did not want to. I did a. I did not expect him to answer the question that way. And when he says no, I don't think he's going to be on the team after the trade deadline. It just discourages me about like what their real objective is this year. Your your biggest signing and highest paid player is someone that you're more likely than not going to jettison at the halfway point. And Jason made it sound like even if they have a pretty decent record, he thinks the it's going to be too tempting to not trade him. Yeah, that's where I was a little bit surprised because he followed up that uh, part of the conversation with, well, I think they can win somewhere in the mid-80s. I mean, to me, the Arizona way Arizona that- just won in the mid-80s and got all the way to the friggin' World Series. Exactly. Last the, the year. Way, the way the playoff structure has changed in baseball is that if you're winning, if you're over 500, if you're winning or projected to win somewhere in the mid-80s, 
as the season gets down to the home stretch, you're in it. Like, you are in it in those final weeks of September. So, that's where I'd be a little bit surprised. You can't trade an elite playoff. You can't trade an elite closer for a prospect at that point. No, I mean, unless, like, I don't know, Colin Holderman just looks unhittable and they think, well, we can just make him the the setup guy and somebody if somebody knocks our socks off for Araldus Chapman, we can move on from him. But like you have to think there's potential for them to have a pretty good thing from ending seven, eight, and nine. And if they're going to win somewhere in the mid eighties, like you are going to be in that conversation. Yep. If you want to answer the Twitter poll question on the air with us, you can. Who will end Pittsburgh's playoff uh Win drought first. Who will be the team to do it? The Penguins, the Pirates, the Steelers. The Penguins haven't won a playoff series since 2018. The Pirates haven't won a playoff series since 2013, the wild card game against Cincinnati. And the Steelers haven't won a playoff game since 2016. 412 928 And then there's the matter of what uh, Peter King said about Russell Wilson and the Steelers. Quote, don't rule out Russell Wilson signing with the Steelers which I had all but ruled that out after I heard Mike Tomlin talk about Kenny Pickett and the quarterback being on the roster right now. But when when Peter King added this to the Russell Wilson discussion, I at least had to pause and think about it. The attractive thing about Russell Wilson is that you don't have to pay him much. You pay him, I think you can pay him just about the NFL minimum because Denver is the team that owes him all his money. It's almost like, you know, a free look at a guy. That is right. Denver owes Wilson $39 million. He is going to make that money whether he plays for the Steelers next year, the Raiders next year, the Falcons next year. He could be out of football and he's going to get paid $39 million. He's going to get that money no matter what. So it would be a, quote, free look. Here's how, here's why I'm not interested in it at all. Russell Wilson is going to be 35 years old. Well, he already turned 35, but it was late in the season, so he's going to be 35 this upcoming football season. He had 42 touchdowns and 19 interceptions in Denver. Not bad. 42 and 19. 42 touchdowns in uh, two seasons. Kenny Pickett, it might take him, if you go by his stats to this point, it might take him four or five years to amass 42 touchdowns. But I look at it this way. I think Sean Payton knows more about quarterbacks than Mike Tomlin. I think his resume backs that up. I think what he did with Drew Brees backs that up. That's his calling card as a coach. He's an offensive genius. That's why Denver paid him so much money to go out there. Uh, If he doesn't think Russell Wilson can still get it done, why am I to believe that even if he comes cheaply, the Steelers are going to find a way to get it done with him as their quarterback? I don't see it. And then you got to put up with all the, you know, Russell Wilson corniness and taking the team under his wing and acting like he's the alpha male and the boss of the team and the true leader of the team and everything else. And I think that act wore very, very thin in Seattle. I think they were ready for a fresh start with Geno Smith. For as crazy as the outside world looked at that, Seattle ended up being right about that. Geno Smith's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson right now. I just, I live this with Ben. We did this with Roethlisberger at the end of his career. He put up good numbers, really good numbers, better numbers than Wilson did 
But you just felt like as long as he was their quarterback uh, at 37, 38 years old, you could win regular season games, but you were going to get be in the playoffs. And I don't want to just, I don't want to settle for that. I don't want to do that again. I want to explore young quarterbacks. I want, I'd, I'd honestly rather than bring in Russell Wilson, I'd rather see Kenny Pickett work with a new offensive coordinator than cast my lot and take my chances with a dude that's 35 and see if he can rekindle what he did in Seattle three or four years ago. I'd rather give Pickett like all the training camp reps, all the preseason reps, and see if he can sink or swim. Then take a shot on a guy that was 11 and 19 in Denver. 11 and 19, and Sean Payton said, you're not good enough to play for me anymore. Even if he is making the league minimum. We know what the league minimum is, because that's what Mason Rudolph made this past year. $1 million. For Honestly, I'd rather pay uh, Rudolph more than that and see if what he did in the last three or four games is real. Then roll the dice with Russell Wilson. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The problem I see with Russell Wilson is you have to be all in to Russell Wilson because clearly he's going to talk the greatest game ever. And he's going to be effervescent, effusive, all that stuff. But Russell Wilson has been damaged over the last two years. He used to be in Seattle. This is my team. I can change the plays. I can do this. I, you know, and all that. He was his own guy and all that, even though he was entirely positive about it. Well, he got to Denver. The first year was a disaster. And the second year, he had real, real issues, although they tried to mask them. He had real issues with Sean Payton. I don't know whether Mike Tomlin, when he sits down and studies Russell Wilson, whether he's really going to believe in Russell Wilson. How could you? Why would you want to do that when last week Mike Tomlin termed this a huge year for Kenny Pickett? You bring in Russell Wilson, it's not to be a 35-year-old backup even though you would get away with paying him backup money because of what the Broncos are paying him. We've seen what hap- what's happened to Russell Wilson. If Tomlin or the Steelers were to think they can rejuvenate his career, I don't know, it would, f- it would, it would feel very similar to what they thought they could accomplish with Ben at the end of his career. Can he, can he make you competitive? Can he keep you in the mix? Yeah, but is that really what this is about? Just trying to lock in a playoff spot, be one of the last wild card teams, and 
keep your fingers crossed that you don't get embarrassed in the playoffs. I mean, to me, that's the that's the best case scenario with a guy like Russell Wilson. Donnie, you want to play devil's advocate here on this one? So I know that during that conversation, Joe actually came back uh, afterwards and, and asked me if I had heard it because Peter King also mentioned, oh, you could get this guy basically for the veteran minimum, which I know you played that clip and you said just take your chances on uh, someone like Mason Rudolph, even though he'll probably get a little bit more than that now uh, after what he just did. But I I, I just – first off, I, I don't see – even with Wilson getting all that money from Denver, would he really sign somewhere for the vet minimum? Like, do you really think that that would happen? Like you, do do you think that Russell Wilson will sign somewhere for the veteran minimum? The only reason why I don't flat out say no is I think he is such a vain person. I think he is so completely caught up in his self-image that he might pick a team and do the league minimum and then try to spin it as, look at what I'm willing to sacrifice or give up in order to give this team a better chance to win with their salary cap situation. I 100% think he could do something like that. So I think that there, so I think there would be teams willing to pay him more than the veteran minimum. There might be three or four teams that would be interested in signing him as a starter. And I think once he picked one of those teams, he would he would sign for dirt cheap to try to give that team the best chance to win. Yeah, I mean, signing him basically, uh, at least from the the Steelers' point of view, that that's that's saying okay, we've given up on Kenny Pickett. If they would sign Russell Wilson, and it would take Russell Wilson just blowing as the starter here. He'd have to get benched in order for Pickett to play because. It would not be an open competition in camp. Russell Wilson is not going to accept that arrangement with the team he signs with. Right, but but in reality, this guy has had one bad year in his career. Yes. One bad year Two years in, in ago. 12 years. Like, e- even this oh. past year, if a Steelers quarterback put together that stat line, yep. if Kenny Pickett put together that stat line this year, we would be jumping for joy. Okay, did you think Ben Roethlisberger was a great quarterback at the end? His last two years here after he came back from his elbow surgery. Did you think that version of Ben was a great quarterback? Great? No. I mean, no. I still thought he was I, I I still thought he was pretty good. Even his I, very I last year? Uh Not so much. I mean, I know that the touchdown interception numbers well, are that's, still pretty good. That's what I'm going to bring up. Ben's last 2 years, he had 55 touchdowns to 20 interceptions. That's that that's way better than Wilson and to be if I'm being true to myself, I didn't think they could really win a Super Bowl with Ben like that. I didn't. I didn't think that was possible. I thought he was getting by with Guile and Moxie and veteran savvy and things like that. Russell Wilson doesn't want to run and move around like he used to in Seattle. I mean, he could still have a good touchdown to interception ratio. He proved that this year. But if Russell Wilson, you made it, I think you put out a very interesting tweet on Sunday, Donnie, where you had all the quarterback situations in the AFC and you said, if Kenny Pickett comes back as their quarterback, where do the Steelers rank among the other uh, 15 AFC teams? If you put Russell Wilson on the Steelers, I don't think it appreciably changes their situation whatsoever. They still have one of the worst quarterback situations in the conference. 
Yeah, I, I would think they maybe pass up, I don't know, one or two more teams, maybe. They're better than the that. Raiders, who don't have a quarterback right now, or better than his old team, Denver, if Sean Payton can't get a young quarterback. But even then, I would trust Payton with a top 15 pick more than I would the Steelers with Russell Wilson at this point. I mean, they would still be they still be way behind the out, eight ball, man. I just don't think it's worth it. Because to me, it would be more or less like, again kowtowing to the, the new standard being, can we just be a team that's good enough to make the playoffs? That's our goal. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it for the record, but. His numbers are still, like, he did not. Russell Wilson objectively had a much better season than Kenny Pickett last year. And gun to my head, I would say Russell Wilson right now is a better quarterback than Pickett. But I just don't think there's any upside there. I think there might actually be more upside in Rudolph than him if he's if he's paired with the right coach. So I, I don't the, – the, the only thing that makes this, and I think Joe – did Joe try to make this point to you? The one thing that makes it intriguing is that you probably wouldn't have to pay him anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was like the whole conversation starter, how Peter told them he would play for the veteran minimum. Time for the Donnie Football Debrief. And we're brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Peter celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Donnie? The Debrief, January 23, 2024. Uh, the Pro Football Writers of America put out their all-rookie team earlier today. And Joey Porter Jr. found his name on that list alongside Devin Witherspoon as the two corners. Who are the two offensive tackles? Darnell Wright and Dewan Jones. So, my podcast partner, Danny Parkins, does afternoons in Chicago, and he's raved about Wright this season. Wright is a right tackle and was dominant at Tennessee his last year there, playing right tackle after he played left tackle before that. And that nomination or selection doesn't surprise me. Jones does a little bit. Jones didn't start the season just like Broderick Jones didn't. Went in because of injury for Conklin, the right tackle in Cleveland who got hurt. Man, that's a tough one. I hope that that's a one-off and that's not a sign that Dewan Jones ultimately has a better career than Broderick Jones because that would bother me for a really long time because you were told Donnie before the draft that there was a 0% chance the Steelers would take Dewan Jones yes but I, I, I wouldn't get overly worried about it I mean I, I, I think that Broderick Jones will be a pretty good player now I, I think this is also where's he going to play no one has come on the air with us since the season ended and said they think he's going to go back to left tackle, and that pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, I I just simply think the organization has to get their head on straight there and realize what, what they are they have. seeing Dan Moore that the Dan Moore and Presley Harvin, in my opinion, are the two teachers' pet players for them right now. Yeah, I mean, like they're on the team as I mean Harvin especially, like they have some kind of dirt on the organization that they're afraid will get out. I think Chuch stinks. I'm not a big fan of his, but I would have liked to have seen at some point this season 
Broderick at left tackle and Chooks at right tackle if Moore can't play the right side. Get your stud protecting the blind side. Set him up for years to come there. I mean, it, it's, it's very strange to me. My eyes tell me Dan Moore's not good. It's backed up by the PFF grade, which doesn't always happen, but it does in that case sync up. And yet, there still seems to be legitimate um, belief that they're just going to keep things the way that they are. Now, Dewan Jones also plays on the right side, and I, I also think it helps his case. Now, Wright was a top 10 pick, and he he was legit right off the bat. Paris Johnson was not good this year for Arizona. Skaronsky did, in fact, get moved inside to guard. He did not make the team, by the way. Steve Avila and Osiris Torrance yep. uh, were the two guards on the team. And Jones, it took him a little bit to get into the lineup. They put him on the right side. A little bit of an unnatural position type move because Dewan Jones played right tackle at Ohio all, State. all the way through at Ohio State yeah. because Paris Johnson, Johnson was the left tackle. Yep. Well, let's grade these. Let's grade their rookie years. Let's start with Jones. What would you give it? I mean, I'd still give him a B. I mean, I, I thought that it was no coincidence that the moment he got put into the lineup, we did see a resurgence in the run game. Uh, we, we saw them move it very consistently on the ground. And like I said, I, I don't think there was any reason to think, oh, that just happened randomly yep. we, we put this uh, guy into the lineup and now the the offense actually was able to move a little bit i'd give it a b plus i think if you look at the rushing totals in the second half of the season with him out there it's a night and day difference there were some penalties and he gave up a few sacks but i'm willing to live with it especially when the guy's playing out of position i'm i am still optimistic that he's going to have a very good career i just don't like the lack of um, faith in the Steelers, at least outwardly, that they just think he's going to go and play left tackle next year. Joey Porter Jr., we both go A. Yeah, I give him an A. I yep. mean, the, the only negatives are, you know, he got Penalties. penalized here and there, but otherwise, it, he he played well enough, which was a, a question I wanted to ask you off this. He played well enough. Does it still make you afraid of their ability to draft and develop corners? Not as much. Not as much, really. Because I have the same feeling. Yeah, I feel much better having watched. They believed in this kid from the very beginning because of who his dad is and Mike Tomlin was around him so much. And that relationship paid dividends more than the Kenny Pickett one has to this point where they were close to a guy and thought that they having that relationship gave them more access and a better understanding and, and he, for the player's upside. He also didn't – he himself didn't break into the lineup until midway through the year. As a starter. Which was a mistake in hindsight, I think, too, having Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson out there as long as they did. Two guys who, in my opinion, shouldn't be back on the team next year. What would you give Benton as a grade? I'd give Benton an A-. minus. I really like him. I really do. I, I think he, he can be the future of the defensive front. Like, I think he's their next Hargrave. He he plays similar to, to what we saw from him. I mean, Har Hargrave right away as a third-round rookie, you thought, okay, he's a small school guy, but that draft was also so bad, he, he looks like a phenomenal player, a phenomenal find out of mm -hmm. there. Now, he didn't stick around, but he's, he's a great player he, in a draft that the Steelers had right. that was full of duds. He's a guy that I think has played better since he left, though. 
when he was here with he has, and Hayward. He, he was still a good player. Oh, here. I thought he was. I thought he was had the potential to be great. Um, but from after year one, I didn't see. I see more upside potential in Benton after one year than I did even Hargrave. I think Benton's gonna. I think Benton's gonna be on an All Pro team at some point very soon as an elite defensive lineman. Okay, how about Darnell Washington? Great at. I'd go like C or C plus there. Um, I mean, he he didn't really give them much in the receiving game, which we were kind of tipped off to. Like, hey, at least early on, we don't know what this guy can do, like in the vertical pass game. Uh, he is a good extra blocker to have out there, and we we did see him on the field more as the season went on, which is a good sign because they were playing who Rodney Williams over him early in the season. Hot Rod, yep. Uh, but given that he was picked as a guy that had injury concerns, there's a little bit of that worry there. But I don't think he was bad. Bostic said it again, filling in on the morning show. He thinks they should beef him up and make him an offensive tackle. I've had, I like that. I've had that thought, too. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. I'll I watched say that. Jason Peters do it when I was in Buffalo with the Bills. He went from a tight end in college at Arkansas to an offensive lineman who's in his 40s and still in the league and is not a Hall of Famer, but he's damn close to it. I mean, you have the size, you have the athleticism, and, I mean, the, the dude's, what, 6'7"? He's a monster. He's a, he's a huge human being. I don't think it's ever going to work as a pass catcher. He had seven catches on ten targets. He was not a red zone threat whatsoever. Uh, things that I heard about him, like, oh, he just wasn't utilized in the Georgia offense. No, I think there's a reason why he wasn't. I think he's an elite blocking tight end, but I don't think he'll ever be a pass, a, a reliable pass catcher. And so if his future in this league is Matt Spath, that's not bad, but I think because of his size, you can actually make him into a tackle. So I would give his... I would give his first year like a C minus two, Donnie. All right, how about Herbig? Herbig, I would give a B, uh, and I would just think that he should be on the field more. Like he contributed whenever he was out there. He he made one of the bigger plays all season, given the time and place of it. Like they're trying to close out a game that they have to win in Seattle. He makes the biggest play of the game, and he was on the field for two defensive snaps. I mean, his is more just the the circumstance that he wasn't on the field all that much. I was very disappointed that he didn't play more against the Bills. That he only played, I think, I think it was like 30% of the snaps in that game. The answer I got back when I said that uh, in the disgruntled way was, well, even though the Bills have Josh Allen, they're a run-first team. And Golden is better against the run than Herbig is. Okay, fair enough. But, like, Allen's still going to have the ball in his hands trying to make a play through the air 25 times in the game. I'm, And that situation is a 10-point underdog. I'm just throwing Herbig out there and hoping that he rises to the occasion and not just some solid, adequate veteran backup. Yeah, I mean, he's undersized for a guy outside, which we knew coming in. But, I mean... The, the things we heard about his motor and his speed certainly lived up to the hype. So I would give Herbig, me, I would give him a B. For a mid-round draft pick, I thought he made plays, including even in the Bills game on special teams when he picked up the ball there after the block kick by Adams. All right, good one, Donnie.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.